everyone. Happy Thursday. Nate Dickinson here with you on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Every single weekday, as always, we got everything you need to know about the Minnesota Gophers. And, of course, today's show is a big one. National Signing Day yesterday. The Gophers pick up 17 players. We'll talk more about it as we break down everything that went down with the team later on in the program today. That's coming up here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast here on your Thursday. But first, again, we tell you, if you give us half an hour every weekday, we're going to tell you everything you need to know about these Minnesota Gophers. So let's dive into anything you may have missed over the course of the last 24 hours here in the Gopher Nation. Well, if you're on Twitter, you didn't miss anything from National Signing Day. I mentioned it on yesterday's show. The team does just about everything to make sure these guys are feeling all the love on social media throughout the day since they sign, before they sign, getting all sorts of graphics going for them and Everyone in the NCAA does this. If you know, you know, but it was not something that was easy to miss. If you were at least online at all yesterday and follow any of the Minnesota accounts, you know already some of the names who are coming into this program. We're going to break down a little bit more of a team as a whole kind of thing today, maybe get into some more individuals tomorrow. Maybe We will put a spotlight on a couple of guys here in the next segment. But right now I want to talk a little bit more about just a big picture for this recruiting class because there's a lot to get into. So it might end up being like a two-parter for the review of this recruiting class. We will have a lot coming up in just a couple of minutes. Elsewhere, St. Thomas is now D1 as well. I know it's not University of Minnesota, but I do like to with all these local schools. And honestly, with how tight-knit the Minnesota college atmosphere is, I feel like people do care about it. Uh, St. Thomas is a D1 football program now. They brought in 12 Minnesota players in the first class as a D1 team, and that's not something that's unexpected. Obviously, St. Thomas coming in as a school that wasn't even D1 last year is going to have a disadvantage. They stay in the backyard. I think that's a good strategy. It was a pretty quiet day around Minnesota, aside from that, honestly. It wasn't all that much going on. Both the Gopher men's and women's basketball teams are really off until next week, midweek sometime. They're going to get a big break over the weekend here. The Minnesota football team's gearing up to play against Wisconsin. We're going to have Asher Lowe on the podcast tomorrow to talk about that, by the way. But we'll get into all of that as part of tomorrow's show as well. So there's not that much to really talk about as far as what went down. It was a quiet day for Minnesota, but that does not mean that we're quite done yet here in our Open. Because before we get into the Gopher recruiting class, we have to say rest in peace to a University of Minnesota legend known by everyone who's ever been on campus, or most everyone, I would imagine. The Dinkytown McDonald's closed down this week. It was a tough one, I know, for Minnesota students currently, alumni who have plenty of big memories. I can't say I'm one of them. I did not know that people referred to it as Drunk Donald's until, well, a couple of weeks ago, really, or I think it was probably even when they closed it up and the news came out. I don't know the place itself. I wasn't a Minnesota student. I didn't grow up a Minnesota fan. So I didn't know the uh, history behind the place, and that's evident and obvious in the story I'm about to tell you, because I have gone to Drunk Donald's at its peak hours at one point, and I did not know what I was getting to. It was a Saturday after a Minnesota basketball game. I was on press row covering the game. So, like, game starts at 7 p.m., or even it could have been 6 p.m. It wouldn't have mattered. Say things get done around 9.30 at 10 with the game. If you're there covering the game, obviously you're there longer. Luckily, I wasn't there on like a writing thing or anything, so I didn't have to be writing for hours after the game, getting a piece out ready for the next morning. 
So I was able to leave a little bit earlier than some of the other people, but it ended up getting me outside of Williams Arena at about, I would guess, 11, 11.30 p.m., which I, I is not peak drunk Donald's hours, I would imagine. It's probably a few hours later than that when things would get really crazy, but I decided I was hungry. And I walked down to Dinky Town. My car was parked in a garage or around or a lot around there somewhere, I remember. So I went down to Dinky Town. I started walking down the street, whatever the main street is. I, again, I didn't go to Minnesota. I don't even know that name. But you see the restaurants along both sides, and it's big glass windows. You look in, you're seeing a bunch of drunk people. Honestly, I mean, you know, and it wasn't something that I wanted to deal with. You know, I could have gotten something to eat and just gotten out. I was just like, I don't want to have to deal with anyone drunkenly ordering something with five minutes of their time in front of me in line or anything like that. So I continue walking up and then I see the Golden Arches and I'm like, oh, there's McDonald's there. I can go in, get something real quick, come back out. And I didn't think McDonald's was immune to the drunk college students being there at midnight. But I at least thought if I go to McDonald's, I'll be able to get my food in a reasonably quick fashion and hopefully avoid any trouble. I misjudged that without a doubt. Um, I walked in. The food took a little time to get done. I was able to order rather quickly. I think there was one person in front of me in line, but they have a bunch of cashiers. You know all that stuff if you've been. But anyway, I order my food. I sit down. And that was really when I understood where I was or started to uh, take in the atmosphere around me. Um, It was loud off the start. But you turn around that corner or whatever it is in the Drunk Donald's restaurant and you see, or I saw after sitting down, people passed out, people on their way to pass out, stumbling over themselves, bits and pieces of various famous McDonald's food items just all across the floor. It was living up to the name Drunk Donald's without a doubt. I I got my food and left. I didn't experience much more than that, and that's far from the best Drunk Donald's story there is out there. I know it, but it's the only one I've got, and it is something that I heard Drunk Donald's for the first time earlier this week. It was, oh, Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. So uh, I agree. Every school has one. If you've been to a college, you have that restaurant or fast food place that you go into after you're done with the bars. Uh, I went to Syracuse, and we lost our our Calios a couple of years ago as well. So I feel your pain. But it's no doubt going to be replaced by something else. Take comfort in that, knowing that even though Drunk Donald's may be gone, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind there will be some other restaurant either already there or put in a new spot that will be the replacement and will be all of your fantasies when you're done with the bar and absolutely starving. Nate Dickinson here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Again, apologies to everyone who is mourning that loss here today. We'll get into the Minnesota football recruiting class in just a minute. Some people might go to Drunk Donald's to chill out after they're done at the bars, but If you want to chill out with a good beer, I suggest Coors Light. Right now, it seems like everything's go, go, go. Nothing but nonstop hustle all the time, especially in this pandemic. It seems like you're always kind of on edge, you know? So if you need time to relax, be sure to kick back and relax with the Coors Light. And it's literally made to chill as well, these Coors Lights, not just in chilling out, you know? Coors Light's cold-filtered, cold-lagered, and cold-packaged cold and crisp as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind, and it's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at Get 
get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We'll be right back with some breakdown of the Gopher football recruiting class here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson. Welcome back into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with you. We're going to be breaking down everything going on with the Gophers recruiting class. Minnesota football signed 17 players to the dotted line on the early national signing day yesterday. We'll talk about all of them and also get into the one player who committed to Minnesota who did not sign yesterday morning. We'll talk about him also, too. He would have been the highest-rated player, according to 24-7 composite rankings, which is what we'll use here, in the class for Minnesota. We'll break down all of that later on in a minute. But first, coming up tomorrow on the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast, we got a guest coming in. Asher Lowe of Locked On Wisconsin will join us. If you're active in the Locked On Twitter community, he's pretty active there as well. He'll have the insight going into the battle for the axe. That, well, is kind of the battle for the axe 2.0, isn't it? As things got canceled and then rescheduled again. We'll break things down with Asher in our podcast tomorrow. You'll be sure to want to hear it right here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Let's get into everything with this recruiting class. And before I get into the actual numbers with this group and some of the standouts and spotlight guys I want to talk about, I want to first get a little bit philosophical with you in just how you think you should be thinking about this class. Because this is kind of a unique situation that Minnesota's in. In the NFL, you're scouting guys who can play right away, right out of the draft. Your first couple of draft picks, if they're not going to be starting right out of the gate, you're hoping that very quickly they can get accustomed to the NFL and contribute to your team. That's not how it typically is in college. In college, you're going after guys who you know won't play in most cases at all for the first year, and maybe not even the second year too, depending on where he's positioned at, skill level, and just how much you need somebody in those spots. In Minnesota, it's a little bit different this year, though. First off, for one, Minnesota started a lot of freshmen this season, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and as we'll get into, Minnesota has a lot of defensive players coming in as a result, so there very well could be freshmen who just turn out to be better than sophomores and can play right away on this team, so there is potential for that. But then again, also, to get a little bit more abstract with it, If there are, let's say, all the freshmen who were playing this year, let's say they all pan out exactly the way you want to, you know? Like every single one of them develops exactly how they should. None of the freshmen coming in take over any of their spots and they play all the way through. Junior year or senior year, whatever it is. Even if those guys pan out well, then this class is the class that you're recruiting still to replace those guys two, three years down the road, right? So these guys are still in a situation where, like in an NFL team, you can look at, okay, what aren't we doing so well right now? What do we need more of right now? And then think that, okay, we need to get those guys who can help us right away. And even if they aren't ending up helping us right away, they're going to be the guys who are replacing those freshmen and sophomores who were playing this season in a couple of years when they end up maturing and getting to the point where they can get and contribute big on the field. Maybe I'm just getting a little bit too vague with it with that, but that's just the one thing I was thinking about going in is that kind of Minnesota has an ability to feel this thing out like an NFL team or has the last year when they've been doing this recruiting. It didn't all happen yesterday. Anyway, 
Moving on to the actual like numbers with this uh, uh, group. Minnesota has 17 players signed right now. Right now, that's number 27 in the country. Pretty good. Really good. Actually, the best in the P.J. Fleck era, which is impressive, too, because there are plenty of other opportunities for P.J. to have those kind of spikes in recruiting. Like, first year he came in, he's coming off a great season with Western Michigan. They were outstanding. He comes into Minnesota. Now he's in a Big Ten school. That's exciting. That should bump up recruiting. Obviously, last year, Minnesota wins 10 games, goes over and beats Auburn. That's obviously a spike in recruiting. We could have seen that in the 2020 class as far as how good Minnesota was going to look there. However, right now, you've got a 2021 class coming in on early signing day here that is better than all of those. Despite Minnesota not having the best of seasons right now, and yes, a lot of those players are the same guys who got excited over the 2019 season. There's carry over there. But at the same time, these guys had plenty of time to look at what Minnesota was doing this year and say, ooh, is that something I want to be a part of? Are they building something great there? But still, P.J. Fleck has been able to get these guys who have Minnesota in a position to be a really good team in a few years. Team was 27th in the country this season. Just to give you some context, the rest of the years, in 2020, 38th recruiting class in the country. In 2019, 45th. In 2018, 38th. And then in 2017, which really wasn't P.J. Fleck's class, they were 59th. And then before that, in 16, 46th. And 63rd in 2015. Now, there is an asterisk over all of this in that, first off, there are pl- there is plenty of time for players to still move around and sign with other schools that bumps them up and gets them higher up in the rankings. Obviously, a lot of the highest caliber players will wait until later on to make their decisions. There's plenty of five stars and four stars, those that have already decided, though, too. So there's plenty of teams that could pick up a, an extra five-star or four-star player and jump over the Gophers. So this isn't technically the final rankings, but as it stands right now, this would be the best recruiting class that P.J. Fleck has been able to put together as the head coach of this team, and that's really impressive. As far as the makeup of it, oh, oh, by the way, that's 8th in the Big Ten, by the way, um, 27th in the country, 8th in the Big Ten. Uh, Gophers were ninth in the Big Ten last year for some reference. Um, in the makeup of those players, four four-star players. Team had two last year. Everybody else is a three-star, and for some reason, Minnesota really re- recruited the hell out of Illinois, uh, including two of the four-star players. Minnesota has five players from the state of Illinois in this 2021 recruiting class. Just looking at it right now, yeah, no, no other state has more than two. States with two are Minnesota, Georgia, and Texas as well. But for some reason, P.J. Fleck was absolutely able to kill it in Illinois this year, and good on him. It's impressive, and it makes sense as well that this has been his best recruiting class. It's a surprising that... Maybe it didn't drop off a little bit from last year, but we are seeing the residuals of the successful season last year paying off this year as well as it did last recruiting class as well. Also, something to note, two Minnesota kids in this class. We've got Devin Eastern out of Shakopee. He's one of those four four four-star recruits. And Logan Purcell from Annandale, both joining the Gophers in the fall. Hey, guys. This is post-production Nate uh, chiming, and I'm actually going through and editing the show right now as I talk to you. And I'm realizing that, well, what I'm about to talk to you about, I talked a little bit too long about for one show here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and bump back what I was going to use in the last segment here and then 
in a minute after our break, we're going to talk about the four-star commit who actually is not now a signee for the Gophers. Uh, that's Avante Dickerson, the one guy who did not sign out of the commits yesterday for Minnesota. We'll break down what his tweet yesterday and his decision to not sign actually mean for his odds in coming to the Gophers. And I'll preface it by saying the main gist of it is that I really don't know what it means, but I'll give you my thoughts. But I talk a little bit longer about it than I would have liked, so... It'll be our third segment instead of being the middle of this segment. And you're now listening to the worst transition in possibly all of podcasting history. So we're going to have a quick break. After that, we're going to break down everything that Avante Dickerson did yesterday, which was really just one thing. He decided not to sign and then, well, didn't put pen to paper. That's coming up right here in just a couple of minutes on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson again with you here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to get into, though, before we talk about anybody else, I will have a couple of spotlights for you here. The first one is actually someone who didn't end up signing. And again, I mentioned we might go into this a little bit more tomorrow when I get a little more time to get into all of these individual players and tell you some guys that I like personally. But right now I want to talk about the one guy who did not sign on Wednesday. That's Avante Dickerson. The cornerback would be the fifth four-star player in this class. He's out in Omaha, Nebraska, and right now the number 121 recruit in the nation. That would make him by far the best recruit on this class. The second best is number 322 in the country right now, so more than 200 spots above the best recruit that Minnesota has at the moment. He ends up deciding that he was not going to sign yesterday, and I'll end up using his exact words. He tweeted out at 7.13 a.m. local time here in Minnesota, Quote, I would like to announce that I will not be signing along with my teammates. I am simply not ready to make a final decision that will impact my future as a student athlete. Now, I want to start before I get into any of this by prefacing things with one thing. Out of anything, in all of sports, I believe that recruiting is the thing I know the absolute least about. I am clueless when it comes to what it takes to bring a guy to a school and what a guy might be thinking. There's been times I've covered recruiting before. I've covered recruiting extensively and in a more focused way before. And there's been times where I've had guys that I've looked at the tapes of them talking about every school that they're interested. I've looked at what every school has to offer them as far as just program prestige, how soon is this guy going to actually be able to get on the field with this team, what kind of exposure as far as like NFL potential do you get if you're playing on this team compared to that team. I've compiled all that together, and there's been times where I've been like, the way this guy's talking, the situation with the school, how good he could be with this team right away, there's no way he's not signing with anyone but this school. And then he just totally goes the exact opposite way on me. I have missed on these things so many times to the point where I just throw my hands up and now say what I'm telling you right now. I have no clue. I do not know. I can tell you what I think about it, but I have no idea if this means that he won't end up signing with the Gophers, that he just needs some more time to think about it, that he's definitely out the door. I can't make any of those claims. I'll put takes on this podcast. I'll put hot takes on this podcast, and I'll put lukewarm takes on this podcast. I will not do any of it as far as deciding where a high school guy's head is at. I can't do that. 
I don't know if anybody can. And anybody who honestly says they can, I feel like it is kind of faking themselves, unless they heard it from the person themselves, of course. So I just want to know, want you to know that I have no idea how any of this works. That being said, here's what I think. All that I can tell you about this is what it is. And that's that he doesn't know right now. He's simply, and again, quoting him, simply not ready to make a final decision that will impact my, his, future as a student athlete. He doesn't know right now, and all that means, all I can take away from it, all I will take away from it, is that he's gone from a place of knowing to not knowing, right? And that's not a good sign. Because this is a four-star recruit. He had plenty of offers from early on in his high school career. He had plenty of time to make the decision to commit to Minnesota. There was no pressure on him when he did it. He could have waited longer. It's not anything that he needed to do when he did it, right? So he went from a point to knowing that Minnesota's the school I want to go to to now not knowing if Minnesota's the school that I want to go to. I don't know if it means that he knows that he wants to go somewhere else. I don't know if it means that he's talking to other schools and might be second-guessing things right now. It might just mean that, yeah, I still like Minnesota, and Minnesota's still my number one, and I'm still, again, he's still committed to Minnesota. People are not interpreting this as a decommitment, and he still has Minnesota commitment in his Twitter bio. He still has his pinned tweet as when he committed to Minnesota. So I'm not taking this as a decommitment from him even. But it just means that right now he's not sure. And I have no idea what it means going forward. The only other option of what it might mean when someone comes out on signing day and does this instead of like days before, if someone comes out on the day of, the other option would be that maybe another school got some information from somebody and they realized they weren't going to get somebody that they thought they would. And now all of a sudden they're trying to swoop in on guys like Avante Dickerson and be able to grab them away from other schools just last minute. So if a school that he was really interested and really, really liked just all of a sudden in the morning yesterday just got in his ear and said, hey, we we might be interested in offering you a scholarship. I think that's a possibility. I've seen that happen before. Again, I have no idea what's going on. I am going to emphasize that over and over again. I am a dunce when it comes to recruiting information. Unless I heard something from somebody, I will never try to assume I know what someone's decision is going to be. But... I would say that this was not a good thing for Minnesota. Definitely, for sure, not a good thing for the Gophers. He was committed. He did know for sure. And then all of a sudden, now he doesn't. That's all there really is to it. That's it for the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast here on your Thursday. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow. We've got Asher Lowe from the Locked On Wisconsin podcast to talk all about the big matchup on Saturday for the Axe between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Of course, we'll have you covered here tomorrow on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Tune in for that one. It'll be insightful. It'll be good. I know Asher knows what he's talking about. That's coming up on your Friday edition of the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. But until then, Nate Dickinson, row the boat. Sky you ma. Go Gophers.